All right, welcome. I am Dan. To my right, I have Nick. Good day. To my left, I have Bob. Jingle, jingle. <laughs> and then to my direct left, we have James, who is the brewer slash owner yep. of Flesk Brewing, which is where we are at today. And in case you didn't know, this is the Chicago Beer Geeks podcast, episode 11. We're almost at a full 12. Our goal of one a month isn't quite happening at one a month, but we're close. Close enough. But uh, we came out to Barrington, uh, to Plesk for uh, what is your new brewery. Because mm-hmm. you did have, did you have another spot before or did you just brew? Yeah, yeah. So we had other spots. Uh, we started up probably in like 2013. Uh, we had a space in Mulbar. It was a thousand square feet, uh, super small. Uh, we started off with a one and a half barrel system with some three barrel tanks. And then within six months, we grew to a three and a half barrel system and five barrel uh, fermented up there. So it's been a crazy ride so far, I would say. And you said it's been about five years? It's been about five years or so. We shut down for about a year or so while we built the space out. We brought everything out here. Um, and we basically just started fresh, you know. We got out of the stripping game and we decided to just do on tap, on premise. Yeah, that was one of the first things I asked because I remember seeing the bombers in the store mm-hmm. with the Flesk logo in the past. Even though I knew you were back here, mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't seen any recently. So yep. and that's what you were talking about. How uh, you know, you just you, you got a good, good crowd of people coming here all the time. You're just yeah, serving beer. Yep. So here, uh, growlers or howlers or we do howlers. Howlers right now. Um, the growlers right now is because you know we don't make enough beer, so people come in doing growlers all the time. We run out of beer all the time. So. Uh, until we get a little bit bigger, we can stock up on more beer. We're, we're doing howlers right now. But if people bring in their own growlers, we're more than welcome. Well, that's so, good. Some breweries don't do that. Yep. Uh, a particular brewery in Munster, Indiana. That pisses me off now. So you have West Burbs and Lombard, and yep. then um, we're in the deep north yep. here in uh, Barrington. Yep. Uh, why the move? Why, why come up here? So we started to look at you know buildings within like a year of us being open. We started looking at other buildings. We started looking at other facilities to kind of grow, and we wanted to essentially put in. We wanted to tap. Um, we looked in Lombard. There was nothing out there. We looked around in all the suburbs from Lyle to you know to Downers Grove to you know uh, Arlington Heights yeah. area. Um, and what initially. Why we chose Barrington is I sent an email to the uh, uh, to Peg Blanchard. She's the uh, you know she likes to bring she's the one that brings some businesses and stuff to the town. Um, I asked a simple question, just asking, hey, on your liquor license it says that somebody has to live in the town of Barrington to have a liquor license. You know, I introduced myself and hey, my name is Jacobson, Quest Brewing. We love to come to your town. I got an email within 30 minutes of her saying, come please. You know, we want a brewery in our town. <laughs> Whatever you want, we'll do it. Did they have to change the ordinance then in order to allow that, or did uh, they offer you a house in? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Free house. Um, now, uh, they actually already changed the ordinances in their town because they wanted to have a brewery okay. in their town, um, and we were just one of the first ones that kind of picked up on it. Uh, a lot of these other towns that we went to, they wanted to put restrictions on us. Um, they wanted to, you know, tell us like basically how we were going to run our business, and we didn't want that because we had an idea, we had a vision of what we wanted. And the town here was just like, whatever you guys want to do, we'll make sure it gets done. So we said, this is it. And then they took us to this building at the Ice House Mall, and we just fell in love with the architect, the history, and everything behind this building. And we thought we could bring something cool and special to this area. So So in case you missed that, he said Ice House Mall. So this is attached to a mall. So 
today, if you're getting your pictures taken with Santa, you can come for a beer. Yeah, I believe there's a jewelry store uh, next door, so you know, bring the wife in there. You can come get a beer. It, uh, it su surprised me. It, was, it didn't. It was a little hard to find because the map because it shows the mall location. Um, so but how was a mall entrance right there? I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah. Until I saw one in the lights coming around the back. Like you come in the normal entrance, the front of the brewery, the mall entrance is kind of hidden, tucked away in the corner. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is one. So if you go shopping in the mall, you don't even have to go outside to come in the brewery. Nope. Or so it, you could also come in through here, going to the mall by accident, and <laughs> get a beer if you're. Yes. And what the cool thing is too is like so this entire building essentially has a liquor license. So yeah. Wait, so, so you can drink throughout the mall? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've had people come in here, grab a beer, and go out there and shop and do their Santa thing and they come back. You know, the only thing we ask is people to bring back the glasses because we don't go out there and chase it. Yeah. These, are, these are some cute glasses. No. I love the stainless. Yeah. That might yeah. that might be a good plastic cup investment though, just yeah, to uh, yeah, right? Have the mall shoppers now? Have have other stores been open to people shopping while holding one of your beers? Or some some shops are more open to it than others. Um, there's a, a shop in here that uh, she, you know the person who owns it doesn't really like the children in there and other stuff. So because it's like an, it's an antique shop, so there's yeah. a lot of fragile things in there. So you know some places are okay with it, but just walking around the general mall area, it's okay. And then the other side, there's Chessie's restaurant. So essentially, there's a restaurant on one end. And since we don't do food, we have a lot of people that go there. They have food delivered here and stuff like that on the other end of the mall. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because so many places now, so many breweries popping up, they're not doing food just because, you know, obviously licensing and all that stuff is a lot more complex. We know beer, we don't yeah, know food. Exactly. <laughs> and I was going to ask if you did like food trucks or anything, but if they, you know, a lot of places do that now. Well, the food truck thing is kind of an issue right now. Um, we're working with the village, so the town of Barrington does not allow food trucks okay. in their town. Well, so we're kind of doing this thing where we have like a pop-up restaurant kind of do set up like inside the actual space here and serve food that way. Um, but we're trying to figure out a way to kind of convince them to, hey, you know, food trucks are actually a good thing these days. Yeah. You know, like, let's let's hmm. revisit this and see what we can do. So. Yeah, I mean, food trucks, have, especially with the, the brewery pop-ups. You yep. know, and even before that, like. I know at one point they weren't allowed in Chicago, I don't think. I think they were allowed, but at one point you couldn't cook on the truck. In LA, you could cook on the truck the whole time. Here, they just turned it up. Yeah, yeah. so now I mean, food trucks are, are pretty big now. I mean, you go to uh, like some of these festivals, like, I mean, there was just one, wasn't there one just last weekend like, that had food trucks inside? Oh, yeah, the mother truck and yeah. beer event. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Vinny's one, yeah. Truck and beer yeah, it was at the Sears Center. Like, they, yeah. That's what they did. They just had food trucks inside. Or you go to like the Naperville Fest, and their their whole food area is just like fifteen food trucks. Mm -hmm. You know, so or, uh, beautiful Hoffman Estes, as uh, my buddy just <laughs> liked. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, so we're uh, we're enjoying some of your beers here awesome. um, right now. I have the uh, the milk stout, the Running Man milk stout, the coffee uh, Running Man, the yeah, coffee, the coffee coffee version, yeah, the coffee version. And then uh, which I did have the very first time I was here, mm -hmm. I was mentioning to you earlier. I had the, uh, the pumpkin spice one. Oh yeah. Which was an interesting combo. It was good. Yeah. Um, I do like this coffee one a lot better. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what you guys use for that? The coffee. The coffee? Yeah. Uh, we actually, so we were trying to work with, um, there's a local uh, coffee shop here called Cook Street Coffee. Cook Street. Um, yeah, so okay. Cook Street. Um, they are part of a another group called Contentious, or Conscious Cup. So they have a location, their roastery is actually in um, Algonquin. 
so we were trying to work with them to be able to put their coffee in there, but just the timing didn't work out so well. You know, we were brewing the beer and they're like, oh, let's take some stuff in, it just didn't work out. So we actually ended up using Two Brothers Coffee. Uh, yeah, so we used the, the Columbia Two Brothers Coffee and it worked out really well. Um, but I'm working with some other coffee, co coffee companies right now to be able to, uh, you know, do some future stuff with them, so, yeah. Is the Running Man stuff? Um a regular here because yeah. every time I've been here it's been, it's been a little bit of varieties like coffee or like mm -hmm. other one. Mm -hmm. So yeah. did a coconut one on cask before? Or? Yeah, yeah. So we did a toasted coconut um, coffee running man milk stout uh, on, on the cask. Um, people loved it. Uh, I don't like coconut personally, but other people do so we said you Love it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, but it worked out well. But hey, I like Millart too, so. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty coconut. So, Speaking of the cask, I know I just I just learned learned this coming in, but uh, the first and third Friday of every month is new cask. Yeah, yeah. So we do uh, every other Friday. So the first and third Friday of every month, we do like um, uh, a special cask. So we actually have a pin. So it's only five gallons, not you know ten or fifteen. Um, and what we're able to do is just experiment and try new things. So the first time we did it, we did uh, our IPA with orange and lemon. And then we did a toasted coconut with running mango style. And then this one right here is the Kolsch with the, a lot of raspberries, but delicious. Tastes good, you know? And what that allows me to do is, you know, try new things without brewing on the bigger scale. And then once it, people, if it's, a, if it's a good thing and people love it, then we'll brew it on the big scale. So this is definitely going to be one of these beers I'll bring back probably in the summertime. Um, it's definitely more of a summerish kind of beer, yeah. but yeah. It's good. Man. Good, be good beer is good year-round, though, and this, I, I, I loved it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it it should not be seasonal, even though it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like, I mean, a good stout is fine in the summer, too. Mm -hmm. You know, vice versa with the cold in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, yeah, like Bob said, it's year-round is fine. Well, yeah, it's like the uh, like the, the pumpkin spice one you yeah. get. So we only did 15 gallons of that, because we know pumpkin beers after a certain time just don't sell. So we tried it out this year and there was a positive feedback you know, about it. So we might release it a little bit earlier, probably in like September-ish, and we would do it on full scale. So now, yeah. something like that, is that available for the howler fill as well, or do you restrict what might be? Um, if we do limited amounts, yeah, we restrict it just because you know we only do so much of it. Um, so, but if we have anything that we have on big scale is we do howler fills for everything. Yeah. Now one thing I don't know if I just missed it or if you don't mm -hmm. have one, but do you have a barrel age So soon. Um, we actually are going to pick up barrels on Monday. Um, we have four barrels come. Yeah. <laughs> we have four barrels come in on Monday. Um, we're going to we're going to hailstorm. We're going to pick them up, bring them back here, and I got to brew. I was supposed to brew the beer like a couple weeks ago, but um, the barrels we just didn't know when they were coming exactly, so I didn't want to hold up my brew schedule to do this. Uh, so we have a big old stout we're doing. We call it the, uh, the stout of mash proportion. Mm -hmm. And basically what we're gonna do is two mashes, one boil, and it's gonna be boiling for a long time. So it'd be nice and thick and viscous and just perfect for, you know, barrel aging. Mm -hmm. Yep. So when, when is the uh, release plan for that? Uh, How long are you thinking of letting that sit in the barrels? So we had a couple ideas. We were gonna do six months or a year. Um, we're gonna, I was gonna try it throughout the process or throughout the, uh, the months and kind of see where it, it is. Um, but we were thinking either A, our one year anniversary for this location, which is in June, um, or we're going to release it probably next December. Kind of depends on how the beer is reacting to it. So, so all four barrels are going to go towards the same beer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you know what type of barrels? Uh, crap. 
sell no worries. Yeah. They picked up barrels from Hailstorm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what, what Hailstorm knows is they do like a massive, so the entire semi full of barrels, and they reach out to all the breweries, and people kind of like you know, I'll pick up four, I'll pick up thirty, I'll pick up six, whatever it is, and everyone stays on shipping costs because it's just one giant barrel buy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go down there too, it's different policies in every distillery. Yeah. Like you go to Four Rows, you can pick up six, but mm -hmm. other distilleries like no, you can't have any. We sell them all in Scotland, mm -hmm. so it's cool. Yeah, I can't remember the name uh, or the barrels that we're getting. Like, it, it's in my head, but I just, just I forgot about it. I was wondering about the system and how does this, uh, how does this set up compared to the uh, what was it, one and a half gallon barrel system down there? Yeah. <laughs> well, we had we started off with one and a half, then we grew to a three and a half barrel. These things, uh, when I when we moved to this location, I told myself I'm never going to do or not never, but I didn't like doing double batches or triple batches to fill my tanks because it was. 14, 20 hour days. And so <clears throat> when we bought this new system, it's a seven barrel system, seven barrel bowl, kettle, seven barrel mash tun, and it's a one and done. So I fill every tank, it takes me about eight hours or so to fill it up. And um, I'm really happy with it. There's a couple things I wish I could change about it, but besides that, it's not too bad. Yeah. I got rakes in there, so I don't have to, don't have to like, you know, stir anymore too much. You know? <laughs> and mash days are over. Yeah, yeah. That's what I see. I mean, I see some breweries that have grown quite a bit, and I still see them posting on Facebook. And they're still hand bent, you know. Yep. Still got the paddle going. I'm like, man, yeah, that's I see you guys retired your paddle. It's on the uh, wall of yeah. fame there by the logo. Yeah, was it? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was our first one, and uh, it, it broke a little bit, but we, we kept it around because it was so cool. Um, so, so flat, the name Flesk. Yeah. Like, where, where does that come from? Man? So, Flesk uh, is unique. It's a unique name. It's not in everyone's typical vocabulary, which is fun, by the way, when you're calling up vendors and stuff like that, and hey, I want to order from Flask, and they're like, Fleesk? Flask? Or no, Flask, you know? Like, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, but no, the name itself comes from, it's a castle in Ireland. So, when we were trying to come up with uh, our name of our brewery, we wanted to, so there's there's five brothers in the family, you know, and my mom and dad, so we're, we're you know, we're a large family. Our last name's O'Brien, so we're Irish, obviously. Um, and we wanted to kind of incorporate family into the brewery. Well, it's not even O'Brien Brewery because there's O'Brien everything out there. We want something a little more unique. Um, so Flesk uh, is a castle in Ireland that my dad went to when he was like 18 um, with, his, with his buddy. And this is probably what we're, we're talking like 40, 50 years ago. You know? um, and they stumbled upon this castle called Flesk Castle. Um, and they're just randomly, they, there was no like signs or tourist thing, they just kind of stumbled upon it. And they kind of explored it a little bit and they had these two relics that they pulled out of the wall to take as like souvenirs, you know? Well, what they, the story is that when they pulled the two relics out of the castle, stuff started to move, they started hearing voices, <laughs> so they, they put their asses out of there as fast as possible. Um, and these two relics sat in a glass jar on our mantle growing up. So my dad telling me stories about Fles Castle all the time growing up, and he said that if you take the two relics and you clean them together, the ghost of Fles Castle is gonna come and haunt the house. <laughs> Pretty sure this was a way to basically not have us touch his shit. You know? right, so, right. It's a good story. So how many times did you do that? Never. We still today have never done it. As a kid, that would freak me out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you touch this, it goes yeah. That's a good deterrent. Right? Yeah. My son would be all over that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. new friends. Yeah. <laughs> Their ghost is better. Yeah. So still to this day, we don't we don't touch them. Um, so five brothers, though, and one of your brothers is 
part of the brewery. Will, will yeah. is part of the brewery operations. And so, now you're the head brewer. What yeah. is uh, his, his his role? So I'm I'm the brewer. Uh, I'm I'm the head brewer here. So I I do everything behind here. I don't have an assistant brewer. So basically everything that you taste or whatever, it's all from back here. Will, who's actually bartending right now, say hi, Will. Uh, anyways, so he is like the business side. You know he. Um, you know, he does like all the you know, boring stuff, you know, like the paperwork and, you know. <laughs> so nobody really wants to do, especially yeah. in the brewery. <laughs> yeah, he runs the tap room. He, you know, he's in charge of basically all that stuff, which is which is great because it allows me to kind of focus in everything back here so I can, you know, make whatever style of beer comes in my crazy head. So, yeah. Interesting uh, fact I learned about Will uh, earlier is he can't grow facial hair. He cannot. So. <laughs> he actually looks younger than I am right now. Six years old. Sorry, Will. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the, the names for your beers, uh-huh. right now you have, I mean, I just had the Soda Sopa. Soda Sopa. IPA, yep. Which is obviously a reference to South Park. Yep. Is the Running Man book style a reference to the Running Man? <clears throat> no. Like the dance? <laughs> no. The, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or the, the book or short story? You know? <laughs> no, actually, people asked, and I had no idea there was a movie called yeah. Running Man for a while. Um, I know. Something's I know. wrong with you. <laughs> no, we, we created this name like four years ago when we first did it, and the idea was, so I was a gymnast, you know, Will's a gymnast, and in the high bar, you know the high bar, you know, like, they're called giants, so you see the people that go around and around and around the high bar in gymnastics, well there's one meet that some, something happened when I was doing it, but I started like kicking my feet, so it looked like I was running around the bar, so ever, ever since then people were calling me the running man because of this thing, you know, um, that's where that name comes from. So. That's the first beer I have from you guys. Like yeah. Back at the, uh, the medieval times days. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the, uh, you were saying a lot of the people that are from medieval times come in here. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the knights come here and hang out. Um, we're pretty close <laughs> to it, and uh, my brother Peter is actually one of his best friends is a knight there. So he comes, and then all the knights will come with. Him. In know, character or out of character? Out of character, out of character. Um, <laughs> but you know when they walk in, because every single one of these guys has long hair, some kind of facial hair, crazy facial hair. Um, but they're awesome. They're really nice people. Um, they give us like all these rags, or not rags, but they're towels, you know? So they give us all these stuff, and they come in once. It's fun, you know? So. Yellow Knight's the best. Yeah. <laughs> So have you done any uh, collaborations with other breweries or any of those in the works? Um, so far since we moved in here, no. Um, we do have some in the works. Uh, one with Workforce, obviously. So Amanda and Brando from Workforce are actually from Barrington. They went to Barrington High School here. Um, so we're thinking about doing a collaboration. We're, we're still planning on doing a collaboration with them, but we just had a kid, so it was like he's and opened up a new tap room all at the same time. So. Um, He's been a little crazy with him. Um, we have a bunch of other breweries that we want to do. We've done collaborations in the past, in the past. so we've done um, Lake Effect, we did one. Uh, Arcade Brewery, when they were running, we did one. Uh, we've done one with, um, actually we two with Arcade. Uh, we did do one with Workforce in Old Space before, um, and a couple other people too, so. And your Arcade collaboration is actually on tap here right now. It is, so. yeah. So the Siberian Warmer, if people remember, did a, it was a collaboration they did probably about two years ago. Um, I love the beer so much that I wanted to bring it back, so I contacted them just being like, hey guys, is it cool if you guys send me the recipe and I'll attempt to try to brew the same thing? And they were completely okay with it. They said, yeah, absolutely, go for it. You know, here's the recipe, if you any questions, like, just let me know. So um, we overdid it on the cranberry just a wee bit, uh, but you know, it turned out pretty well, I think. So 
you said you overdid it on the raspberry, you overdid it on the cranberry. Yeah. Now, I totally disagree with both of those statements. I thought they were wonderful. Um, I guess I'm just more of a fruit guy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're doing stuff like that, like how, do, how are you incorporating like all cranberry or raspberry? Like you just roll in like full cranberries into these things? Right? How's that work? No, so like, you know, if you ever had like a, ra- a cranberry before, like it doesn't taste good. It's this weird thing. I don't know, it's not, I don't know how they, uh, they extract the flavors out of it. Anyways, uh, we do, uh, we work with a, a local company called Greenwood. Um, they do like concentrates, they do purees, they do stuff like that. So we get a lot of stuff in there. Um, so like the cranberry, we got five gallons of cranberry concentrate. Um, and we dump, yeah, we put it directly into the boil kettle. Uh, probably in the last five minutes or so, we, we put it in there, let it boil for a little bit, and then we push everything in the tank. Um, the raspberries, we sometimes do in the secondary. Um, same thing with the coffee. So every time, like either just about done fermentation or uh, post-fermentation, we'll add it directly into it. We feel like that extracts the most flavor and aroma. The coffee stuff is you know, very coffee forward. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And lots of flavor, so mm-hmm. definitely, definitely a good choice with that. Mm-hmm. Now, how often do you, I know, like, you know, you have a list of like 10, 10 yeah. years, and uh, a couple more off, obviously, so you yeah. run out because you are a smaller system. Yep. Um, how often do you throw up just random stuff? Like how, how, how much, how many, how many of those 10 are your standards and how many change? Um, honestly, since we've been open in June, we've done 26 or 27 different styles of beer. There's only a couple of them that we've done repeats. Okay. So the other brother, Amber Ale, we've done twice. The, we had used to have a Hefeweizen on and we've done that one twice. Um, we've done um, the Hellas twice. Um, but everything else has been, you know, experimental. So is there a signature mainstay beer or is it just always, always changing it up? Always changing it up, you know. I got into the brewing industry and brewing beer because of the experimental side of everything, mm-hmm. trying new things. Um, I didn't want to brew the same thing. So at our old facility, we always had four or five different beers that we brewed all the time. And honestly, it got boring, you know, especially for me. Because it's going to be a penal experiment and try new things. It was all right, the same grain bill, the same hopping schedule, the same everything. And it's like, all right, just, you're just going through the motions at that point. So when we opened up this facility, I wanted to make it a point to be able to experiment a lot more than I was doing in the past. So there's a couple of beers that we're doing. So we have a beer called Sticky Sunrise, um, which is our uh, highly hops uh, IPA. Um, we did it originally with uh, Simcoe Mosaic Hops, uh, and then we did another version called uh, Sticky Citra, which is all citra hops. Um, we're using those fancy new cryo hops and stuff like that these days too, mm-hmm. so um, it's pretty fun to experiment with that. Um, but like just like, different hops, anything I get my hands on in terms of experimental stuff, I, I try doing, you know. Um, so whether it be hops, whether it be uh, adjuncts, or whether it be, you know, just anything I can get my hands on. Cool. Yep. Definitely that way if you come out here and maybe you only got one beer that, you know, was your particular taste, no reason not to come back because yeah. there's going to be something different next time. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And I've, I've noticed that every time I have been here, I've been here a couple times in the past in the, the Money Man, but it's been a different version of the Money Man every time I've been here. Yep. Um, other than that, I can't say... I think the Amber might have been on the tap one time, too. Yeah. Um, when I was here before. But other than that, everything else looks different every time I come here. 
like our whole idea is that we want to brew something for everyone, you know. So we're not going to stay. We're not going to say like we only do IPAs, or we only do milk stouts, or we only do like certain styles. We do everything. So I make sure we have some white beers on tap for the people who are just getting into craft beer. Um, but I also have the crazy stuff that you know. Like we have a passion fruit kettle sour on right now. So the people who come in here and typically go, well, I don't drink beer. What you know? Is there something for me to have? introduce them to I'm more of a margarita person yeah <laughs> or you know and I give them the sour and they go this is not beer and I go yeah it is beer yeah. and they go this is amazing and so they love that stuff yeah. Um, but yeah we try brewing something for everyone basically how did you get started brewing man like is this your first brewing project plus um no it's my second one so okay. I used to brew over at Lunar Brewing Company in oh, right. oh, okay yeah, so that so I went to Siebel. I did the the whole. Actually, Will introduced me to home brewing, and I got into it because at the time I was 20, and you could buy all the ingredients for home brewing, yeah, and make it and drink it without being 21. So that, so, that was the big drop. How I brewed my first beer. Yeah. I was 18. <laughs> and I like, made like a honey vice clone. <laughs> How long ago did you brew it? Was it right before you started? Uh, this was like 2011, 2012 is when I was brewing at Lunar. Yeah. My friend literally lived a block from there. Yeah. Even, like, like the first time I like went to her place, she's like, she's like, go to the window of this bar. Like, they have, they have good craft beer too in general. Mm-hmm. And then they had their own. I'm like, this place has makes their own beer. <laughs> yeah. How long? How long were you there? I was there for about two years, uh, so I spent the first like eight months uh, staging, I guess, or just working there for free, just kind of just learning the in and outs of uh, that system itself, which is a very special system. I'll just say that. So like, their their tanks are jacketed, so to control the temperature, they actually use water fountains with a little pump on there. You got to you got to check it out. It's crazy. I see they're like getting bigger now because they're starting to hit festivals now. They had a they had we were speaking of Malort earlier. They had them on board barrel age something. I forget what exactly what it was at Fobab this year. Yep. And I was like, what? First I was like, Lunar's at Fobab. Yeah. Because I just, they're so small. You know, I just, I just don't think of them. Um, especially since it's like a dive bar when you walk in. Oh, room. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, they're at Fobab. And then I'm like, they got board barrel age? I'm like, I don't know if I want to try that. But you should have told, told me. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. If you ever go there, they are they probably go through at least two to three bottles of Malort like a week. Oh. Easy. Uh, that's why I got it. Like I started drinking Malort because of Lunar. Yeah. That's all they drank over there. So are, is that your fantasy football? Uh... Yeah. That's terrible. So <laughs> I lost my fantasy football this year. I got dead last because of certain players who didn't do certain things, obviously. But... Um, so yeah, so the loser has to chug eight ounces of Malort's. Uh, the original agreement was in their underwear on Facebook Live, but I'm going to change that because there's no way in hell I'm doing that on Facebook Live. We will uh, post that on Chicago Beer no, Games yeah. as well when, that, when that's done. Send them to the YouTube posting of this. So yeah, just uh, to remind you as well, I guess that Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe to us and like the video and share with all your friends and let them know about the videos. Uh, we do also post the audio on iTunes and everything. Mm-hmm. So like us there, like us on Facebook, Twitter, um, all the social medias, and mm-hmm. same with Flask. They're on Facebook. That's how I found out you guys are moving. Yeah. Um, we're coming up here. I saw the opening and the events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
So do you have any events or anything coming up or in the near future? I mean, it's, um, it's almost Christmas now, so the holidays essentially, but. Yeah, um, we do a lot of stuff on weekends. So like we'll bring in like, you know, food vendors, live bands, things like that on weekends. But there's one particular thing I really want to mention. So my brother Colin, who's the youngest of us, had a kid, uh, just had their, our first niece, my, my parents' first grandchild, uh, three months ago. Uh, she's now in the hospital uh, for, uh, they call it cardiomyopathy, but some form of it. They've been in the, month, they've been in the hospital now for the past two months. Um, she isn't doing so well, but she's not quite there yet. Uh, we started a GoFundMe page for them to help out with like expenses since, you know, him and his wife are not working right now, obviously, because they, they, they're at Lori's Hospital downtown right now. And they've been down there for, you know, like I said, like a week and a half. So we started a GoFundMe page. Uh, it's on our Facebook and everything. If you scroll down, you'll see the, the page. And anyone who can help you know, donate or not even just donate, just sharing the post. It's just to kind of spread the word. You know, we'll put the link in the, in the YouTube uh, video.